Hosea chapter 10, verse number 12. Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. It is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Father, we quiet ourselves before you now, so desperately needing your word. We ask that now you speak to us, God. Enlighten your word to our ears and to our hearts. What you've sent it to do, let it be done. We pray it in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. I love the springtime, especially coming from the Midwest after a long, hard winter. You look forward to the springtime. Sonny's parents have been here for a week and, and they leave out tomorrow morning, but Bill and Roberta Dunbar were in the first service and I talked to them a little bit about the, the Terre Haute winter this year and how rough it's been. Really, all of the Midwest and the East Coast, you've seen it, just about the time they thought spring was coming. Then another onset of, of, of sleet or, or, or snow or ice, and they had a little bit more winter. So when spring finally does spring, you love it. Anybody love the spring? I love the flowers pushing up through the ground. I love the budding on the trees, the first bit of budding on the trees. I love when the birds start chirping and start building their nest. There's about four sets of birds that have attached themselves to us. One set, Gus and Gertie, I've named them, they come and peck on my window every spring. Little finches, yellow finches, they come and peck on my window and they let me know it's springtime. I've learned to uh, actually interpret what they're trying to tell me. It's springtime and I'm hungry. Would you give me some? <laughs> then we've got another, uh, two more. There's a set of doves, uh, turtle doves, love doves, I think they call them. They come and visit. They say they mate, mate for life. They come. Then there's another couple of birds that Daisy has named. I don't know what they're called, but she's named them Pimo and, and Miss Jamie. She named the first one Pimo because he has this poof of afro hair right there. So Daisy will tell me, Pimo's back and I'm looking for Pastor Moses. She's like, no, the bird, Pimo. And then there's the ducks. Yes, they do. Pimo and Jamie, they keep having babies. They come back to the same little, it's a mud nest that they built on the side of the house. They keep having babies. It sounds like you and Jamie. I don't know. Speaking of lovebirds. <laughs> Then there's ducks. Listen to this. I don't know how many years ago, but it was, it was Memorial Weekend, Memorial Monday, and I came outside, and there was a family of ducks, the mother and the, and the ducklings, in our parking lot. I thought I'd lost my mind. I ran in, and I, I'm screaming, Karen, kids, come here. There's, there's a family of ducks. And every year, these ducks come back. And uh, the, the hawks have got them a couple of times. There have been no ducklings because of the hawks. But the mother and the father, they come back to our fountain and our brush area, and they lay their eggs every year. It's, and then the hawk comes back too, yeah. I love the spring. And here's another reason why I love the spring. Are you ready? 
because I get to plant my ghetto garden. Have y'all seen my garden? You need to take a little tour around the parking lot. The reason I call it my ghetto garden is because I've planted a garden in about this much dirt that runs right in front of where you park all the way down by my house. You've got to go see it. I did it as an experiment a few years ago, put a couple of tomato plants in, and it produced such great tomatoes that I just kept expanding. This year, I've got strawberries, tomatoes, cucumbers, peppers of all varieties, green, red, yellow, jalapeno, and Anaheim. I've got zucchini, radishes, carrots, potatoes, and onions. I'm talking about a ghetto garden today. Don't mess with me. I don't have to live in Indiana to plant me a garden. I can do it right here in La Palma, California, on the parking lot of my church. <laughs> it's a lot of fun for me, though. It's therapeutic, actually. I, I just I get out there and mess with it almost every day. I just enjoy it. I like the whole process. But do you know what my favorite part of the process is? Come on, somebody. Harvest. Harvest, because after harvest comes... The consumption. You get to actually enjoy the fruit of your labor and, and the literal fruit of what you've done. But you can't just plant and then the next day there's the harvest. Have you noticed that there's a lot of work involved? How many like to get in the garden and, and plant a flower or a tree or, or some vegetables, fruit? How many just like to eat it and go to the store and get it? I like to get out. But there's, a, there's several steps. You can't just plant it one day and then and wake up the next and you get to enjoy it. There's actually a process in the harvest. I remember as a little boy, I think it was my grandmother, she would read to us from time to time. You remember the little red hen? Anybody remember the story of the little red hen? Well, the little red hen... She was out in the, in the, in the farm, out eating her, her, her dinner one day, and she came across a, a, an actual bunch of grain that the farmer had spilled. And he overlooked it and didn't pick it up. So she starts clucking loudly. She's excited because she knew that that meant there was going to be food. And she knew what she could do with it. And so she went around and started asking some of the farm animals if they would help her just to collect it. She asked the dog. She asked the cat. She asked the pig. She asked the lamb. All of them said, no, you go get it yourself. So somehow, some way, the little red hen collected all of the grain. Then she says, well, now I got to do the next step because there are steps that are necessary in order to get to the harvest. She says, I've got I to gotta work up the ground. I've got to do a little bit of plowing. So she asked the dog and the cat and the pig and the lamb, would you help me turn the ground over so I can, I can get this seed that I found in the ground? Nope, 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 nope. So she does it herself. Next step, she says, i got to get the seed in the ground. Would you all help me? No, 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 no. She plants the seed herself. It's got to be water. I'll ask the dog. I'll ask the cat. I'll ask the pig. I'll ask the lamb. No help. So she does that process. She does that step. Then the weeds start coming up. 
would some of y'all just help me pull the weeds? No, no, no. The little red hen has to do every step of the process all by herself. Finally, it grows, it produces the wheat. It's, it's full, it's ripe, it's ready. Will you at least help me harvest, she asked. Would you at least help me pick it? No. Nobody's going to help the little red hen. So she does every step. She gets to the final step, which is grinding the grain. She made flour. She turned the flour into bread, and she puts the bread in the oven. How many remember this story? There's one more question that she asked. Do you remember? Would you help me eat it? Well, the dog starts barking his head off. The cat scratches her way to the table. The pig grunts and oinks. The lamb, bah, yeah, of course. They all want to help eat, but none of them wanted to help in the, in the process of the harvest. You know, so it is spiritually. Do you know how amazing the harvest is that God has for you? I don't know about you, but I'm telling you, God has this harvest for me that blows my mind. It's mind-blowing, the harvest that God has for me, the blessings, the abundance. I put abundance in the title of this message on purpose. Necessary steps to an abundant. Somebody say abundant. It's abundant, Victor, the harvest that God has for you. The, the, the harvest that God has for me, it's abundant. So let's look at the necessary steps. I want you to jot these down. And as you're out gardening, maybe you'll remember that there's also a spiritual harvest coming. Step number one is plowing. Look at our text. Break up the fallow ground. Fallow is unseeded uncultivated unused fallow is ground that has been dormant and because it has been dormant it has become hardened break up the fallow ground all in the room today have some fallow ground it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter how long you've been in the faith. I mean, clearly, the Holy Spirit has revealed to us that sometimes there can be this bit of hardness that comes over us, and, and we just shine on what God is trying to say. And hardness can happen. What is the fallow ground that I speak of? It's our heart. We have heart issues. We have heart disease. Heart disease is, they say, the number one killer still in the United States of America. Number one killer. Cancer maybe gets more attention, and we gasp and groan, and we don't even want to say, we call it the C word even, don't we? But heart disease is still the number one killer. I think it is spiritually, too. I think it's the number one spiritual killer, heart disease. Psalm 95, look at verse number 8. Do not harden 
your heart as in the day of rebellion. A rebellious heart is a hardened heart. As in the day of trial in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me, they tried me, though they saw my works. For 40 years, God says, I was grieved with that generation. And I said, it is a people who go astray where? They go astray in their hearts and they do not know my ways. Rebellion leads to a hardened heart. The trial that comes your way, if you do not handle it properly, it will lead to a hardened heart. An unused, uncultivated, unseated heart. But there is a way to break up the fallow ground the Bible tells us to break up the fallow ground and so because we are told to break up the ground that means that we're able to break up the, the hardened ground the fallow ground the uncultivated ground let me tell you how to break up the fallow ground the hardness that perhaps will come around your heart first of all repentance Repentance. That's why I called us to repentance here around this altar today. We've got to repent. When God shows us something, we must repent before Him. God, I'm sorry for my prideful ways. I'm, I'm sorry that I continue to fall and I continue to give in to temptation. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven then I will forgive their sin then I will heal their land repentance is not just telling God you're sorry for the same mistake that you've made 1700 other times and you already know in your mind you're going to make it another 1700 because you keep on falling in the same mud hole and you've justified it somehow and you say, well, God just knows me and I know he'll forgive me. That is not repentance. You can say you're sorry all day long. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and what? Come on, somebody say turn. Oh, that's hard. That's the repentance part. That turning, Pastor Dave, that's hard. Because let's face it, if you weren't enjoying your wicked way, you wouldn't be in your wicked way. Well, there's some, there's some, there's some pleasure in the world. I was sinking deep in sin. Wee! That's how we used to say it. So to turn from your wicked way, that's the repentance, God will. And it's not easy. But if you want to break up the fallow ground, when you start turning, your heart starts turning. Your, your, your mind and your thinking starts turning. And God's hand begins to get in your life and starts crumbling up the hardened clunks and the chunks of clay that have gotten so hard. And he's going to do something fresh. He's going to do something. But he's preparing the ground, see. Turn from your wicked way. And when the temptation comes, you've got to stand against that. Because the Bible says that with every temptation that comes our way, God has made a way of escape. 
and he will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can handle but will with the temptation also provide a way of escape I wish somebody was happy today that God is able to make a way out of the temptation you do not have to give in to the temptation in fact you can't you've got to fight against that don't yield to temptation Jesus was tempted by the enemy. Forty days in the wilderness, the devil tempted Jesus. What did Jesus do? How did Jesus fight off the enemy? With the Word of God. Come on, somebody, hold up your Bible today and just shake it in the devil's nose. He hates that book. You better get into the Word if you want the Word in you, and you better know the Word and speak the Word and stand on the Word, quote the Word, memorize the Word, meditate on the Word. And you will be able to turn from your wicked way and let God cultivate the fresh ground in your heart and break up that fallow ground. That's the first way, repentance. The second way, praise. I like this one. Praise. Hallelujah. You know, Pastor Moses, you, you spoke on this several weeks ago. I don't know. Uh, uh, and um, God just spoke to me. And back me up from, from this. Uh, you, this is what you spoke on. I was going to tell you, I wrote down this, this sermon outline about two years ago. I, I, just, I just scribble down anything God says to me. He drops all kinds of thoughts in me and, and seeds for sermons, seeds for series. This particular one came about two years ago. And I just jotted down a rough outline of what I thought God might say at some time. And I got it out recently, and it just, it just came up off the page. And the Lord said, now. So I started scribbling down, and I only had this one verse. And then the Holy Spirit kind of backed me up into verse 11. And I want you to back up too. And I want you to see this. It says in verse 11, just this one portion, bring that one portion up. It says, Judah shall plow. Do you know what Judah stands for? Do you know what Judah means? Judah means praise. Judah shall plow. Praise is a plower. Praise has a way of breaking up the heart. Praise, hallelujah, has a way of breaking up the hardness around your heart that the enemy, that the world, that your own selfish mind builds up over time. You begin to praise him. Hallelujah. Psalm 34, 1 says, I will bless the Lord when at all times. His praise shall win continually. Be in my mouth. No matter what you face, no matter how you feel, no matter what you're going through, let Judah plow. Praise God. Praise him in the morning. Praise him in the noontime. Praise him at the end of the day. Praise him on the good days. Praise him on the bad days. Hallelujah. Let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad the, for the splash zone right there? I'm excited. I'm just telling you. I don't want any hardness around my heart. I don't want any fallow ground. So I know that God is always worthy of my praise. And so I must praise Him every day that I have breath. Praise Him. And it will keep the ground broken up. It will break up the fallow ground in your heart. Judah plows. Judah breaks up the hardness. That's why we praise before we get into the Word of God. Don't you appreciate Pastor Moses and his anointed ability to lead us and to get us there week after week after week? 
It gets me ready. Who knows what I've gone through over a week's time? Pastor Moses, who knows what this congregation has had to face and had to endure? And yet praise breaks up the fallow ground. Praise breaks up the hardness that is in our lives and around our hearts. Come on, somebody get up on your feet and give God 30 seconds of praise right now. Come on, somebody, praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Hallelujah. Praise him. Hallelujah. Praise, praise, praise. Thank you, God. Come on, open up your mouth today and offer God the very best praise that you could possibly give him. Thank you. God responds to praise. God responds to our praise. The fallow ground is being broken up right now. The hardness is being broken up right now. Paul and Silas praised and the prison doors were opened. Joshua and the children of Israel praised and the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. Hallelujah. Praise caused the enemy to turn on itself and brought the victory to God's people. Give him praise and it will break up the fallow ground. Step number two. Hallelujah, I think I will. We've done the plowing. Now it's time for the planting. Step number two is planting. And write this down. The seed is important. You got to have seed, that's right. But your seed is important. You gotta have good seed. You gotta have the right seed. Somebody say right seed. You gotta have the right seed, don't you? Look at look at our text again. It says, sow for yourself righteousness. What is righteousness? It's just right. It's doing right. It's living right. It's speaking right. Righteousness. You just shorten it a little bit and you'll be able to actually attain it. We think righteousness, Pastor Jojo, that is, that's only for God or only for godly people. Well, everybody's called to righteousness and if God calls you to righteousness, it is absolutely something that you can attain and you must attain. So you want righteousness, you've got to what? You've got to plan it. So for yourself, Righteousness, Proverbs eleven eighteen says, The wicked man does deceptive work, but watch this. He who sows righteousness will have a sure reward. Plant goodness. Plant righteousness. You might say today, well, I, I really don't have any of that. I've had those days. <laughs> I don't have any goodness in me today, God. I don't have any righteousness in me today, God. You ever had a day like that? Come on now, just be honest. It's all right. It's just you, me, and God. And some people who are going to gossip about us later. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We all have days like that. You know what? The Bible tells us that God will give us the seed. He's going to give you the seed to sow. 
bring up this scripture, 2 Corinthians 9, 10. May he who supplies seed to the sower. If, you, if you'll just say, God, I'm, I'm willing to plant the right seed, he'll give you the right seed. May he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply. Come on and help me today. Say, supply and multiply. Come on, supply and multiply. Supply and multiply. Supply and hey, multiply. May he who supplies and multiply the seed that you have sown and increase the fruits of your, there it is again, righteousness. That's what we got to sow. Sow for yourself righteousness. The seed matters. You can't just go scatter your, your, your wild mix. You sow the wild oats. You sow the wildflower mix. Then that's what's going to come up. And when God gives you the seed, don't be stingy with it. God's up there in heaven opening up the windows and opening up doors and just pouring out and supplying us. We got all this goodness and all this righteousness and all this provision, and then we're just going to give somebody a little bit. I'm going to give you two seeds, although I've got more than I could handle. Don't be stingy with the seed that God gives you. Because watch this. Verse number 6 of 2 Corinthians 9. He who sows sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. But it gets good right here. He who sows bountifully. You ready for a bountiful blessing? You ready for a bountiful harvest, abundant harvest? He who sows sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. And remember... Whatever you plant, that's what's going to grow. I didn't plant cabbage. So I can't go out and look for the cabbage to come up. Karen wants me to go get some cabbage. I guess I'm going to plant cabbage. All right. But I haven't yet. I planted strawberries. Uh, two years ago, Joe, I got two strawberry plants. You know, they're not very big. About like that. So I spaced them out nice, you know. About like this, maybe. So they have room to grow. Well, do you know, I found something out about strawberries. They will send off a, a shoot. And they'll send it off, I don't know, six, eight inches. Off from itself. And then replant itself over here. Now this one doesn't die. This one still grows and gets bigger. But it's got a brand new shoot over here. And it's a new plant. You know, I've got probably as long as this altar now, just full of strawberries. And I don't, I, I tell you, they're the sweetest strawberries I've ever tasted in my life. <laughs> because I'm, I, you know, you, whatever you plant is going to taste the best, right? I can expect strawberries to come up because I planted strawberries. Whatever you plant, that's what's going to come up. Do not be deceived, Galatians 6, 7. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. If he sows to the flesh, he's going to, by the flesh, reap corruption. If he sows to the Spirit, he will, by the Spirit, reap everlasting life. So let us not grow weary while we're doing good. For in due season, hallelujah, we shall reap if we don't lose heart. How many are ready for your due season? Come on, anybody up in the balcony, you're ready for your due season. Don't get weary. Don't get frustrated. Don't give up. In due season, 
we shall reap if we don't lose heart. Church, you can't plant bitterness and expect joy to grow. You can't plant hatred and expect love to grow. You can't plant deceit and expect honesty to grow. You can't plant anger and expect kindness to grow. If you want joy, plant joy. If you want love, plant love. If you want honesty, plant honesty. If you want kindness, then by all means be kind and plant kindness into the ground. Step three. This is a six-step sermon, but don't get too nervous. I'm going to do the next three steps next week. <laughs> Step three is praying. Back to our text. It says it's time to seek the Lord. And I'll say it like this. It's past time. It's over time. Leroy, it's time, my friend. Time to seek the Lord. We do all that we can do, all that is humanly possible in the process. We plant, uh, we plow, we plant, we sweat, we work. Then we pray for God to do what we can't. We pray for God to do what only God can do. God send the rain. You see, I can't force a tomato to grow. Even though I planted it, I took all the necessary steps, I'll, I'll, I'll feed it, I'll water it, whatever I need to do, I still can't make a tomato grow. Only God could make the tomato grow. God, send the rain. God, add the increase. God, bless our efforts. Now, please understand, I'm not talking about strawberries and tomatoes today, although I'm talking a lot about strawberries and tomatoes today talking about something else you got to hear that you got to see that there's a harvest oh there's a harvest are you praying for the harvest Matthew 9 37 pastor Moses is coming Matthew 9 37 and 30, 38 says then he said to the disciples the harvest truly is plentiful but the laborers are few therefore Pray. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest field. Are you ready for your harvest? Can you almost taste it? Wow. I believe it's abundant. I believe it's awesome. The blessings of God on your life, this is part of the harvest that I'm preaching about and speaking to you about. The provision from God, God's prosperity and God's favor, all of this part of the harvest. But I think the most important aspect as I close this message is the harvest of souls right outside our door. The harvest is ready, but there's a lack of laborers. Just like the little red hen, lazy dog, lazy cat, fat pig, lazy lamb, nobody wanting to help the little red hen. 
Jesus said to pray this way. Now, how many think if Jesus told you a, a certain way to pray that we ought to pray that? I mean, you can add to, to your prayer life whatever you want. But I think that's one thing that we ought to just lock in. Jesus told us to pray this way. So if you had people in your life that are lost, part of your daily prayer time, I would recommend, is to pray that the Lord would send laborers into the harvest field. I pray it every day for my lost family and friends. Every day, God send laborers, send workers into the harvest field. But I think sometimes that is like um, letting us off the hook because we're praying for somebody else to go. That's all good. But how about we pray like Isaiah prayed too, and he said, Lord, here am I, send me. We pray for God to send laborers into the harvest field. But what if somebody over in Indiana is praying for the same thing for somebody in California? What if I'm the answer to that prayer? See, you ever think about that? You might be the answer to somebody else praying God send laborers into the harvest field. And no matter, we should all be willing be used in the harvest. I want you to bow your heads all over this room. Are you ready for your harvest? The blessings of God, the favor of God, the prosperity of God, the financial outpouring from God. I believe it's all part of an abundant harvest. But I believe the greatest thing will be the souls that are won because we were willing get out into the field. Plentiful harvest with a lack of workers. How sad. What happens is the harvest begins to rot. It dies on the vine. But we could go out and, and be part of the, the process of, of reaping. you're here today and you would want God to use you as part of the harvest and you're willing to be one of the workers and you would say God here am I send me I want you to stand all over this room come on and avail yourself to being a worker in the harvest field doesn't matter what your ability, your capability, your lack of ability, none of that comes into play. It's just your willingness right now. God will equip you. Come on and lift your hands to heaven. I'm going to pray that God would anoint you today. Actually, Pastor Jojo, I feel like you need to pray this prayer. Would you come, my friend? Come here and pray a prayer of anointing on God's people today. Hallelujah. Be ready for this, folks. I'm telling you, God's about to pour out His Spirit on us. God's about to anoint us and use us powerfully in the harvest in these last days. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, the Lord of the harvest. Lord, we pray that you anoint yes, your people God. this morning, mm -hmm. oh God. Prepare their hearts for the great harvest Jesus. that is ahead. There are souls out there surrounding us, Lord. People are dying in this lost world. And 
Jesus. We're making ourselves available, oh God, and say, use us, Lord. Use me, God. Send us, Use God. me, Lord. Send me, God. Send us, Lord, to reach those lost souls for your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, anoint us, oh God. Give us the words to speak. Give us testimonies to share, Lord. Yes, Lord. Give us strong hearts and will, oh Lord, to witness about you, your greatness, your kingdom, and your love for your people. Hallelujah. So we commit to you our lives afresh, oh Lord. Take over our lives, Lord of the harvest. Be our guide. Lead us to every opportunity, Lord. Open the doors so we can walk through. We commit these things to you, Lord. We're excited for the great harvest that is to come. We know this church is an end-time church, Lord. We're ready for the harvest, God. Prepare this church. Prepare our hearts. Prepare the workers. Prepare the people. Prepare the building. Prepare all of us, oh God, for the great harvest that is to come. This, this is for your glory. This is for your for the expansion of your kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. I want you to take your seat. I just have um, another, another minute of your time. God is good, church. And God, in his goodness, sends people into our lives that will enrich our lives. And he sends people alongside of us to help make us better. But we never know really how long somebody's going to stay in our life, do we? So it is with Pastor Becca Carr. She has tenured her resignation and she is going to uh, be moving on. God is, is doing something new in her, and um, she's really just trying to be obedient. I say trying because she's kind of fought it tooth and nail. And, um, but she finally, she finally submitted to God and obeyed him. You know, sometimes it's hard to say yes to God and to follow his leading when you enjoy what you're doing and you're seeing fruit. But sometimes you don't see what's ahead. And um, I just wanted today to announce to you that Pastor Becca is, has resigned and she's going to be moving on as God leads her. But Pastor Becca, would you just come? Um, we love her so much. She's made an impact that will never, ever be equal here at La Palma Christian Center. Because then you're disobedient. 
And I don't know about you, but when you find out you're disobedient, you shouldn't like the feeling. I didn't like the feeling. When I finally admitted, God, okay, you're right. This is what you're asking me to do, and this is what I'm going to do. And I asked for forgiveness. It was like that salvation forgiveness because I had disobeyed on purpose. That's what sin really is, right? Pastors can sin too. I refused to listen to God. And graciously, he's allowing me to stay and to stay and to stay. And I told the kids, I said, I'm moving on at the end of the month. Let Pastor Becca know you love her today. Amen. Kim, I want you to come. Kim Macbeth is going to come, one of our elders. She's going to come and pray over Pastor Becca. I've asked Pastor Becca if we could have the honor of her speaking one more time before she goes. And so two weeks from today, she will be speaking in both the 815 and the 1030 services. And I'm very excited about that. And that night, that night is the night we normally join with our life groups for a fellowship night. But I'm asking all of our facilitators and hosts to bring your life groups here as well as everybody. And we're going to have a celebration and a... Um, uh, reception for Pastor Becca, a party, great, we will party, absolutely, but we're going to really love on Pastor Becca on the 21st at 6 o'clock, so would you just stretch forth your hand, at the conclusion of this prayer, you all will be dismissed. Father God, into the harvest, Lord. Send her, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray.